This is the Brilliantly Branded Podcast, a safe place to have a voice and talk about branding and all the reasons that bring a brand to be brilliantly branded. I am your host, Maria Lucia Romero, and I am welcoming you to this journey of learning and inspiration to build awareness around the brands. This is the Brilliantly Branded Podcast. Get ready for an incredible episode that will end up making a big improvement in your communication skills. I'm so happy to introduce our special guest, my partner in crime, in business and life, and an entrepreneurial source of inspiration. He had already built multiple successful businesses and brands, and he is here today to do what he knows perfectly well, adding value. And this time, we'll be doing it for our community. We'll be approaching interesting topics. Philippe will share the secrets behind delivering the perfect pitch and crafting a clear message that leaves a lasting impact. As well, I will be sharing some of the podcast productions behind the scenes. So prepare to receive valuable advice that you can put into practice right away and generating real results in your daily conversations, whether if you are closing deals or inspiring others or simply want to make your voice heard. These tips will really transform the way you communicate. So grab a cup of coffee or tea or why not? It's summer. So take your favorite drink, get comfortable and join us in one more episode of the Brilliantly Branded Podcast. Welcome. Well, today we have this special episode where... I decide to invite my better half, that is Philip Grother. Philip Grother, my love. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that in public, yes. <laughs> it's on the record now. <laughs> so then, uh, welcome to the Brilliantly Branded Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. So for all those people that don't know who you are, please, could you introduce yourself? Well, thank you once again. Uh, so for our listeners, our viewers. Um, I am apparently a better half, but that's a total exaggeration, <laughs> of course. She is my much, much better half. I'm Philip Grother, uh, the founder of Stepping Stone. Uh, some of you might also know me from the Test My Pitch uh, Endeavor page. Yes. Uh, so we're both entrepreneurs here in Luxembourg, as you can see. Uh, it is actually an urban myth that it's always, always raining. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes we have blue sky sunshine. Sometimes. And actually, uh, I have to apologize maybe because a podcast needs to be in this studio without any sounds around. And now we have a lot of sound. Probably we are going to have cars coming, planes. I don't know, maybe because today is the national day in Luxembourg. So this is going to be a lot of uh, things happening around. And we decide to do that today because it's a very special day, especially because on Brilliantly Branded Podcast, one of the purposes is empowering women and bringing women to be my guest. And today my guest is not especially a woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
Could you explain to us the reasons why you are here uh, with us today? Absolutely. So one of the things that has happened whilst we have been uh, building this uh, podcast, I've, I've actually been very much in the background and uh, supporting uh, Maria. And it's it really has been a pleasure to watch this whole podcast become what it is becoming. And one of the conversations that we've been having is how stressed sometimes uh, your guests can be. And so that's really the whole purpose of me being here. Of course, I'm uh, I'm not an inspirational woman. Um, maybe one of these... <laughs> that is a good for me. <laughs> it, 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 it's, I mean, it is 2023, so, you know, we won't get into that whole debate for sure. Um, the thing is that what we, what we want is to empower women because... Uh, I mean, it's it's half of the world's population, right? So why not uh, make the most of you know such brilliant, brilliant women? But even brilliant women sometimes get stressed at the idea of public speaking, and so that's the reason why we're here. Is actually this is a special episode because what I do in my day-to-day -day activities with my clients is that I help them get ready for public speaking engagements that can be pitching, it can be presenting, it can be speaking in public, whether we're talking about a startup raising funds all the way through to, you know, corporates like banks and consulting companies. And anyway, we won't go into those details, but I spend my time helping people get ready for public speaking engagements. And joining a podcast is essentially a public speaking engagement. Yeah, I think you mentioned here two very important things. One thing is the part of the support that you have been given to me because you have been always uh, talking about we, 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 and that is true. I think it's par part of our empowerment uh, as, a, as a woman uh, needs to come to feeling supported. Mm -hmm. And I have been feeling supported to be more empowered to do many things in my life. And having you in my life, and I have to recognize this in public now in our podcast, um, is something very important because you need that support in order to really feeling this realization about many things that you can do. Probably you are like uh, proving to yourself that you are capable to do many things. But this support for me, I'm, I'm talking about personal side, is very important. From the other side and the experience that I have had inviting people to be part of the podcast, women especially, is all the stress that that generates. I have had uh, many um, opportunities to really realize in front of the person where we are doing the podcast that the person is super stressed and probably they didn't have the time to prepare before recording the podcast mm -hmm. so part of the things that i will like you to share with our audiences is how do you prepare yourself to when one thing is public speaking but actually as you will mention doing a podcast is basically public speaking so how or what are the the um, advice that's that you can share with us about how you can prepare yourself to be a better speaker when you are or joining a podcast or going to uh, speak in public. Absolutely. And thank you very much for that question because this is all part of getting ready. Actually, what you're seeing today is very much a behind the scenes, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and one thing that uh, 
the audience doesn't necessarily see whether we're talking about here the podcast or whether we're talking about getting up on stage giving a presentation is the mental preparation the physical preparation the rehearsing right that goes into any kind of public speaking i think the the number one place to start is obviously your emotions you know getting your emotions in check and that's i'm so emotional now <laughs> well there is some of that um it's actually actually really funny that you should say that because there's there is so much that goes into psyching yourself up and a lot of the stress that we feel before we actually start speaking in public is all self-inflicted right because that's the thing nobody knows what you're going to say right so you're not going to say anything too silly normally yeah. so if you stray away from your notes like we are definitely going to do today <laughs> if you stray away from your notes yeah. it doesn't matter because you're the only one that knows but coming back to the emotional side the first place we need to start is with a breathing technique that we're going to call the three fives so i normally practice that always you know and could you explain us absolutely how? absolutely so we're we're actually going to show the audience yeah. how we practice right Fantastic. so the three fives is we're going to breathe in for five And then we're going to breathe out for five. One, two, three, four, five. And we want to do that five times. Now, this is the thing. We don't only have to apply that when we're doing public speaking. What we can do is actually apply it in any kind of stressful situation, whether yeah. you're going to be going into a meeting or you're going to be having a difficult conversation with your spouse. <laughs> or What you know are you talking about a, I mean <laughs> a slightly stressful conversation because you, you need to ask your partner for something no I'm joking of course but yeah, it's something that can that be used otherwise you know <laughs> it's something that can be used every every single day in every single situation, situation exactly I agree with you and and I give a, I can give a faith that I have been living that and doing this breathing technique change a lot of things Because one of the things that you have been explaining about that, the way that you are breathing, is that that makes something in your body that really makes you have a better performance. Absolutely. And can you explain that a, a little bit more? Sure, to, if you want to dive into the technicalities. So what happens when you do these deep breathing techniques is that you're going to do several things, actually. First and foremost, obviously, you're taking a lot more oxygen into Uh, your blood and because you're oxygenating your blood a lot more then that means that your heart rate is actually going to come down yeah. right you don't need to be athletic for this to work it works on absolutely everyone um, now the second thing that happens once your heart rate has started to slow is that the mental fog is going to start lifting and because your mental fog lifts that means that you're going to be able to think clearer And by thinking clearer, you're going to feel less stressed. And that starts this virtuous cycle uh, that breathing allows. And for those of you, and we're not associated with him in any way, shape or form, but some of you will already have heard about Wim Hof. Yes. For those of you who haven't, I very much suggest that you go and look at what he's done. Brilliant guy and brilliant influence that he's had uh, on the whole world, I think, by now. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think it's important actually to give value. And this is one of my purpose in this, in this podcast. And I know that this is your purpose too, behind your personal brand. I mean, behind who you are as a person, behind all the, the brands and the companies that you have been created. So would you explain us a little bit more what means give value? And I want that because I want that explaining by you and not explaining by me. <laughs> because I'm always struggle sometimes with uh, these explanations. <laughs> I will really love that you share that with our community because that uh, have a lot of value for me. And I know that for them too. So please. Thank you very much. So this whole concept of value, and, and you don't need to be too harsh on yourself. I mean, let's not forget <laughs> that, you know, as a as a native Spanish speaker, you do an absolutely amazing job in English. And thank I keep telling her, she much. just doesn't believe me. There you go. <laughs> thank you very much. So coming back to the point about value, um, one of the first things to realize about public speaking and any kind of pitch or presentation is that it's not about you, right? It's all about your audience. And in this particular case, when you're interviewing the people, you're not making this about you, you're making it about them. Correct. Right? And so that's important to understand from a, a value perspective because you're asking questions that are going to effectively put them forwards. Now, I want to extrapolate on that just a tiny bit and dig into that a bit more. If we make it all about ourselves, and now I'm talking about your customer interactions, interactions with your employees, with your clients, any kind of interaction, if you make it about you, then making it self-centered, obviously the person on the other side of the transaction, if it is transactional, is gonna feel quote unquote left out, right? But if your first thought is, how can I add value to you, right? And put you first, then that means that the person that you have in front of you, your client, your partner, whoever it is, is going to feel seen, heard, understood. And at that point, you can create a real exchange between two people, because even in business, it's all about people working with people. Even, well, in business, and of course, uh, it, talking about business and about branding, that is one of the purpose of this podcast, in fact, is all the things that you do around to build this message, thinking in your client, knowing what you like or know, know just from your side, is how you add value to this client, keeping in mind all the things that you just mentioned. Absolutely. So looking at it from, and you actually already gave the answer in, in the question itself, because it's, it's all about the other person. It's all about what's in it for them. Now you need to understand that your audience is always going to be asking themselves what's in it for me and that's a perfectly normal human reaction right all day every day if you're watching this right here right now it's that you want to get value out of it so what's in it for me that's what you're asking yourselves at the moment and if we as people speaking in public on a podcast if we make it about the people we're speaking with and we add value to them first then naturally we're going to create that engagement. Now what that means from a branding perspective is thinking of your users, thinking of your clients. What's in it for them? What value am I bringing to them? And that 
has a knock-on effect because your clients, your partners, internal and external, are going to feel valued. They're going to see. They're going to feel seen, heard, and understood. You see, I have been training him very well to talk about branding. <laughs> But no, thank you for sharing. I think uh, it's, it's true about uh, what you mentioned, about all the things that you need to keep in mind when you are communicating that message and when you put it, uh, want to put it out, that message. Mm -hmm. But one of the very important things that you have been always mentioned is do better questions. So doing the better questions to everything that you wanted to put across uh, to build a message, mm -hmm. how you can start to build the better questions. I mean, how do you do that? Can you explain that a bit more about that? Absolutely. And in fact, that's where it all starts, right? If we're thinking about value, if we're thinking about the message that we put across, we need to ask ourselves, what does life look like from our user's perspective? What does life look like from our client's perspective, our partner's perspective? And only once we start thinking like that, can we actually start putting ourselves in their shoes, looking at what life is like from their point of view, and then being curious about what we can do to add value to them. Now, you mentioned asking better questions, right? First and foremost, we have to differentiate between closed questions, and those are going to be questions that we answer yes or no to, and open questions, and that's going to be where we can actually get a lot more information out of those questions. I think you man mentioned something super key and super important because sometimes you just said do better questions, but how is to do a better questions? How that works? And mentioning that the open and closed questions is something very important, you know, because mm. probably is, this is a mistake. We just are doing questions. But we never know the theory or the keys about how to really do better questions and how to build that up in order to get all this information out. Mm. So in, in order to formulate these better questions, which other advices can you give us uh, now? I like the fact that you're digging, you're digging deeper and deeper because I'm going to be asking questions afterwards <laughs> exactly. as well. So you will end up interviewing me, you know, not in the contrary way. Well, this is about a podcast, it's okay. I'm, I'm going to hijack your podcast to make this podcast so that you, we can Fantastic. finally shine the light on you a bit. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we need to understand is what we want to get out of that question, right? One of the things is asking questions that allow you and allow that person to give you more information. If you ask a question, do you like this? That is yes, yes or not. no. Correct. What do you like the most about this product, this service? What do you dislike the most? That's obviously oriented towards like and dislike. How can this product service add more value to you? That's not asking whether they like it or not, it's how this product can add m more no, value to them. What you need to do, what we need to do, because it's all work in progress, right? I'm still learning to ask better questions and hopefully one of these fine days I will become you know, very, very, very good. But what you need to understand is that it's all a question of state of mind. It's a frame of mind, right? 
What we want is to become so curious about what's in it for you as a person that I want to understand what life looks like from your point of view, right? And if we get into the habit of asking questions that help people talk, not guide them, right? Because otherwise it's called, it's what we call the confirmation bias. If you're looking for someone to tell you what you want to hear, like for example, please tell me you like my product so that I can just tick it, I can put a tick in the box, that doesn't give you any constructive feedback. Really good questions help you understand what life looks like from their point of view. And when you're looking to build those questions, what you're actually looking for is to understand what life is like on the other side. Now, this is a bit of behind the scenes for you. When Maria is preparing every single episode, yeah. she spends a huge amount of time writing the questions out and imagining what those questions Correct. are going to uh, give as an, as an answer. Could you tell us a bit more about how you go about finding the right questions to ask for your interviewees? Yeah, of course. And this is amazing that you make that question because it's a very good question, uh, first. And second, uh, that will let the people know how um, running a podcast became a be, to be uh, a big work to do around. Because first, one of the things is research about who is this person that I wanted to invite to be my guest, to be part of my podcast. So what is the value that the person is going to give to my audiences? And the questions, when I prepare the questionnaire, I need to go and research on detail what this person has been doing. Mm. And I am working i have been working in marketing and branding but never and i have a lot of respect for a journalist right now because of that because the fact that all the work that you need to put behind that in order to build those questions that will resonate with that person mm -hmm. because you know if i just go and do general questions this is probably not going to give the value that i wanted to put out from them in each of the interviews that I'm, that, I, that I'm building up. So doing those questions is super challenging for me because I am actually uh, sometimes coming to the point where the people start to feel a bit more emotional because I have been touching some fibers that they probably was not ready to, to answer in that, in that moment of the life. Yeah. But that brings us a lot of value because the fact is how you make the people come with their authenticity and express all this power that you can express when you have a voice. Yeah. That this is part of the purpose of the podcast too. Give a voice to those uh, people, of those women that wanted to put across messages that probably you are not communicating through your advertising or through your communication as a brand in general. So building up and coming a little bit more because I can, you know, spread all the, this, this, this answer of that question will be going so further. But the fact that uh, I build that questions based on their background and actually there is a, a bringing something important is, is what internet is telling me about that person. Mm. And then I connected how you, when you build your personal brand, probably not conscious uh, entirely, what are you putting across or what are you putting out 
<clears throat> is part of the things that is very important uh, for the world to know. Mm. I mean, what are you allowing internet to put about you? What are the messages that you are spreading? What are you talking about yourself, for example, in social media and the challenge that you have the control to uh, manage, like a LinkedIn, for example? What is the information and the words that you are putting there mm. out? So what I am doing is researching about all those details. And I have been realizing that I have this capacity to go and do this, this good research about that person that sometimes uh, people are surprised, like, oh, where did you find that information about me? And where are you asking that specifically? But that has been a really, uh, give a lot of satisfaction in order to take the best of that person and put it out and give this value. So I am just connecting all these dots and building those questions in order to give this value mm. that actually is my purpose and your, pur your purpose too. Absolutely that uh, uh, really uh, answered the question for you. <laughs> it actually gives me, um, and gives us, the audience, uh, a tiny insight into the sheer amount of work that goes into it, because there's the research that you do, um, which obviously you build a, a list of questions that, and this is a, another piece of insider information, you actually send those questions to your interviewees so that they can actually prepare and so that the conversation can also be a bit more fluid because what tends to happen in real life conversations like you've seen this one which is uh, let's say semi-structured um, <laughs> kind of what happens in normal conversations is that you end up having the pauses you end up having to think you end up having a few language ticks as well, because the ums, the ahs, and maybe we can talk a bit about that side of public uh, speaking as well. It will be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing the, uh, the French into the conversation as well. Uh, so for, for those of you who might not know me, I, I grew up in France, so I can make comments about the French. On vous adore. Yes. So, the reason why we want to give our, your interviewees the opportunity to be a bit more prepared uh, by understanding what the questions are going to be all about, it gives them time to think, but it also gives them an opportunity not to be taken off guard. And this is the other message that we want to put across to you who are listening, who are actually going to be coming onto the podcast because yes. one of the purposes of this video is that you're going to be able to send this to your interviewees so that they can watch it and get the behind the scenes as well so for you watching in the future hello <laughs> now the reason why I say that when we're talking about preparations and we're talking about language ticks to loop the loop is that language ticks are actually something that you can learn to control and for that, we need to talk about silence. It's paradox. It's a paradox, right? When we're talking together, it's perfectly normal in more language to have the uh, mm, ah, uh, mm. And depending on which language you speak, you're going to use different filler words. For instance, you might use like a lot. And in 
Spanish, I believe. We use eh, continuously. There eh, there's the eh, there's the er uh in, uh, in French, obviously. And then there are going to be filler words, like asking right, and where we think that we're asking for confirmation, but in fact it's just because we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Sorry to interrupt you here, Please. but there is something that I found very interesting, and is the reasons why we use that, what we are doing when we are, we are use that, if you can explain us. Absolutely. So, the reason why we use those filler words and those ers is because we actually are very uncomfortable with silence. And this is something that we need to learn to use. Silence, when you're talking, is actually incredibly powerful because silence allows us to create tension, a positive tension, obviously, where the other person says, ah, what are they going to say? If you use those filler words, essentially what you're doing is you're creating noise that the other person has to cancel out to a certain extent. There's an analogy that I always use with my customers to explain the importance of not using filler words and filler sounds like uh, and that's the analogy with noise cancelling headphones, right? Oops. Wow, that's interesting. So for, let, let's dig a tiny bit deeper into this cancellation principle. If you take a long haul flight from, let's say from Paris to New York, just to name them all, Paris to Bogota, even better. <laughs> yes. Columbia. If you take the exact same flight and on the first flight, you don't use noise cancelling headphones, yeah. you're going to be physically more tired than the other one where you take the exact same flight, exact same time, and you do use noise cancelling headphones. What happens during the flight is that all of this ambient noise when you're not using noise-cancelling headphones, your brain has to cancel it out. So it uses up a whole bunch of energy, right? Well, it's the same with these filler words like the ers. You're actually creating that noise that your audience has to cancel out and has to make extra effort to understand you. What I'm proposing here is that we all get used to as much as possible not using those so that our audience can feel a lot more comfortable when listening to us. Now, the reason why we do use them is because we're afraid very often of being interrupted. We're afraid of not being listened to when, in fact, using silence helps us be listened to even more. But it does take practice and in the beginning it does feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I have to say that I still have those uh, 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 all the things, and Working I am. Progress. But when you start to be conscious about that, I think you really reduce that a lot. But the other thing is, I realize that many people use that in order to think what they are going to say next, Absolutely. and that's probably happened to all of us in the way that how you can start to do the silence instead of say. Mm, or using the the things that you are using all the time. So how to change that behavior? Because one thing is learning new things, 
but other very different and very difficult is unlearning. How you will recommend people to unlearn those ticks or what is the name that you give to this? Um, the uh, verbal ticks, you mean? Verbal ticks. Or, or language ticks. One of the things that we need to understand and remember is that we are allowed to think about what we're going to say right? because our audience is actually always playing catch up right the faster you speak the more of a gap there is between you and your audience from a mental point of view now imagine that you are talking at a certain speed if you're talking very fast you're thinking ahead to what you're going to say but your audience is actually behind you they're still catching up right the reason why we use these filler words is also so that we appear like we're going faster and faster right the reality is you actually want to slow down the more you slow down the more you allow your audience to keep up with what you're saying and in doing so, your speech becomes clearer. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to start talking <laughs> like this. In a slow motion. Exactly. You will notice that you'll have the impression when you do start using silence, when you have, when you use silence, you will have the impression that you're actually speaking a lot slower because there's less sound coming out of your mouth, when in fact, you're speaking just as fast, but you're allowing your audience to keep up because they're not having to cancel out all of that noise that you're putting in there. One of the questions that I will want to attach to all our conversation is in terms of reduce the speed of the conversation <laughs> that I already reduced the speed of the conversation and the question is I don't know if it's because I'm coming from a culture where we are speaking with passion and we are speaking uh, probably faster and we are connecting that with the energy that we put in a conversation. So how you can really connect that in order to slow down, but still keeping up this energy or this passion that uh, you are putting in the way that you are delivering a, a speaker? Speaker, no, speech. 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 It's fine. It's fine. It, this is the the beauty of doing something live. You know, sometimes we My make mistakes. Goodness. Most importantly, you just have to laugh it off and not get stressed about it. Yeah, like, you can true. see we're not particularly stressed. Right? Now, there's. I want to focus on one word that you said: passion. Speed is not necessarily representative of passion. And to communicate passion, you don't need to go quickly. There is, however, what we call gravitas. And that is going to be attached to the words that you're using, but also how you're saying those words. Right? By using more silence at strategic moments, you're not going to speak like this. <laughs> no, please. Obviously not. Right? 
But when you want to drive a point home, you can take a tiny bit longer in your pause so that your audience, again, has time to catch up. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always going to speak super slowly. On the contrary, you actually remind me of how often I encourage people to vary the cadence of their speech purely and simply because by speeding up we show that there's going to be something or there is something very exciting about what we're saying and then when we slow down it's going to create that sense of gravitas that sense of importance right so you can communicate passion in both ways and there's one thing as well we say speed but there's also the tone of voice a serious tone of voice, an amused tone of voice, uh, a somber tone of voice. And it depends on what emotion you want to create, right? Naturally, all situations are not the same. But bringing this back down to the podcast, the tone that you use with the people that you speak with, that you interview, it's always going to be conversational, right? Although it is a st structured or semi-structured conversation, it's always going to be in from a position of learning from one to the other because you learn from your interviewees and hopefully the audience learns from you both right and naturally and this is something that i've observed from a third person point of view is that what tends to happen is that you make people think about themselves their business and their brand in a different way you shed a different light because you're asking questions that they might not necessarily have asked themselves before and it all comes back through to what value you want to bring to your audience correct and i think that you just have delivered a lot of value i mean the things all the things that you just said is like uh, all the things that is very important to keep in mind not only when you are going to to speak in public but for many things in the life and for many things in terms of business mm. and how to bring all the things to put it in practice in order to build up the things that you are building into your life and one of the questions that i wanted to do to you right now and is the fact that is you one of your brand is test my pitch and many of the people that wanted just not to speak in public or to speak in a podcast, but they have their lives and they need, actually you end up uh, doing a, a pitching to people to sell, sell your product or to even to sell yourself. So what could be a very um, key advice from you for all those people that are listening to, to us right now in order to build their own pitch? That's an excellent question because I think that's something that a lot of people simply don't realize is that we're pitching all the time, exactly. right? Whether you're establishing what you're going to have for dinner, right? Let's imagine that uh, you want to have something in particular. Maybe you need to get that person motivated to have something in particular for dinner. Of course, total exaggeration, but you see what I mean. Right? <laughs> so do you mean that you and I are pitching all the time? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a negotiation, whether we're going to have one type or the other. That's it. The audience, yeah, that's it. The audience yeah. knows that we're a couple because they can identify with that. Also, that that's actually, on a side note, 
making your stories relatable is something that's going to be very important. But we're going to we're going to come back to that afterwards. So the idea of pitching and public speaking is that you're wanting to get a, a message across, but if you again you come at it from a value perspective, right? What can I do to add value to this person? It goes beyond what's in it for me. What's in it for them? How can I add value to this person, right? Now, of course, what does that mean if we don't actually need to pitch our business or go and raise funds or... The thing is that we make public speaking so complicated, what we need to realize is actually just human beings speaking with other human beings. And those people are just as afraid of something as you. You know, we, we all have our hopes and dreams and, you know, we all get up in the morning and, you know, we've got certain things to do in the morning and, you know, then we all go off to work and we all come back from work. You know, the reality is that we don't need to overcomplicate these things. You know, the person sitting on the other side of the podcast, in this particular case, it's going to be you and your interviewees or you and your audience, whoever they are, they're just human beings. And there's a, the fundamental part is that people want to feel seen, heard, and understood. If you accomplish those things in your interaction, then you can start to have meaningful conversations. Because in the end, that's all it's about, having meaningful conversations. You touch a, a really interesting point, and it's how to establish this meaningful conversation. Because on my personal side, and part of learning all the things that I have been uh, learned from you in order to speak uh, with the people and uh, to build a networking around, is always this question is what I'm going to say to that person that is in front of me. First, of course, you have to introduce yourself, but to make that more natural, to build up this interesting conversation, how you start to build this up? Hmm. For some people, it comes very naturally. Some people are very comfortable starting conversations. Other people, not so much. Other people, they're going to have a very, very hard time starting. Yes. Now, if we become curious, and this is the secret, <laughs> being curious. Yeah. If we if we were to all learn to maintain our curiosity, a deep, real, genuine curiosity about the person that we have in front of us, no matter who they are, no matter what they do, everybody has got something super interesting about them. Right? Everybody has got value to add, everybody's got something to contribute. Right? Of course, if you're faced with someone that is not giving you that feedback, is not giving you, you know, is not mirroring some kind of receptive energy, it's like getting blood from a stump. Sometimes you simply can't establish a conversation, right? Now, it's on us to step out of our comfort zone and go and practice the engagement skill. Right? And by engagement, I mean engaging in conversation, obviously. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because this is something that should be taught at the youngest age. Now, one of the things you, you mentioned, I'm, I'm just connecting dots here, but you mentioned earlier on asking better questions. 
there's something that needs to be understood and that's listening to understand and not to respond right? yeah. when we're listening to understand what happens is that we're not trying to impose our point of view straight away on you know oh, you, you said this and I'm going to give you what I know and you're going to listen because what I think is the most important thing well maybe not yeah. right instead of interrupting people what we need to learn to do is when we listen to understand what we can do and one of the ways we can practice is to say if I've understood correctly what you mean is and then you deliver your version of whatever they were saying and you give them the opportunity to say well actually that's not quite what I meant what I meant was ABC and then you do it again and again and so the, the rule I should say that the, the trick is to only give and only express your point of view once you have really really understood what the other person is saying and that's listening to understand and not to respond and unfortunately we live in a world today where we're just constantly bombarded with so much information that we become reactive and not reflective if we were a lot more reflective what would happen is that we would be listening to everything that person is saying because sometimes and this is the, the conversation that you know i was having with yatsek uh, our dear friend hi yatsek uh, <laughs> not that long ago is that when we interrupt people what happens is that maybe we're interrupting them just before they were going to say something super super important and we ourselves we miss that value right but that's our own fault because we interrupted them right and so what do brands do brands essentially are people servicing people right whether you're selling a product or a service it doesn't actually matter it's value that is being exchanged between one individual one group of individuals and another group of individuals right and so the reason why listening to understand is so important in the context of branding is because if you ask the right questions and then you listen to understand and not to respond all of a sudden you're getting all of this feedback correct and you're listening to your customer your customer feels seen heard and understood and you're adding value to them exactly and this is uh, what I repeat to my clients all the time in order for them to do all this um, customer service feedback where you are receiving all the comments about the client about how they are feeling with your product and how they feel identify with the brand or the product that they are receiving so part of this is actually listening to understand your customer, listening to understand what they want, what they need. And this is when the creation of a brand or of a product or even a new product. I have been uh, having clients that end up creating new products just based on what the clients have been asking for Absolutely. that actually notice their product. Uh, that the product that they have in this moment. So it's very important what you said, listening to understand, not respond, and actually have this attitude of this conscious about I am going to be quiet and listening to this person and actually repeat 
what this person said in order to uh, confirm that what you said or this person said sorry is the right things that they wanted to deliver of course do you want to add uh, something else absolutely and and this is obviously we're always putting everything we do in context right the reason why we've gone on this whole journey is to give our viewers and your audience the insights into what goes into building uh, a podcast and i've actually got a question for you for other people who might be wanting to get into the podcast world um, do you have any recommendations for someone who might be thinking about it yeah i think the main one is putting a purpose and not, not only to the podcast i mean to everything in life so doing the things with a purpose it uh, really builds a drive that guides your life in a different way so all of those people that are thinking okay how can i communicate how can i build up a podcast if you don't put a purpose it will be very difficult because you are not going to be focused. And be focused is one of the things that really give this drive mm -hmm. and build this passion that you can put across that. The second one, of course, is have this passion to do the things and the consistency to going and doing all the job that this represents. Because I started that as a, as a side project, to say it in this way, and now it became something very demanding the time that I have to dedicate to the podcast is something very um, important in my life. So it's, it's going to take a lot of time. So be prepared for that. And not just for that, but be prepared for all the challenges that is coming around that. Yeah. And the challenges is looking for the people that you wanted to bring. And not, not only that, making them available for you really pitching them the right reasons why they have to come and be part of the podcast because then is the purpose again coming to the surface and showing to the people why they need to be part of that what are the reasons why they are going to add value to because always is how you are building up something step by step but building something that will represent a value that i wanted to put across so in terms of purpose this is one of my advice and in terms of uh, technicalities go on youtube and learn how to do everything by yourself yeah. you know is uh, we we say that we will talk about a little bit this behind the scenes and it has been an amazing experience for me because i have to deal with the filming process, I have to deal with the preparation process, I have to deal with the post-production process, I have to deal with the audio, I have to deal with the video. So it's many things around that at the end is just, you know, go on YouTube and take some time and learn yeah. and be ready to learn. Be in the position that you are always ready to learn new things because I was not thinking, okay, you know, one day I'm going to, to become a podcaster and I am just uh, naming myself in a new position. I'm a podcaster. It's official. <laughs> We've got it on record now. Exactly. You, you can now put in your LinkedIn bio, podcaster. Yeah, exactly. And I am so That's proud about that. <laughs> And, and as you see, well, here in Luxembourg, it's so sunny. So the sun is already arriving on me. So that Absolutely. is, well, uh, dictating. That is probably time to start to wrap up. And one of the things that I want you to share with us is first, where we can find you, because uh, you have a lot of value to do. 
uh, to give to the universe. And uh, I know that it's many people around that needs uh, you in their lives. But uh, please, can you share where they can find you? Of course. And before I do that, I'm going to say very well done, because that was going to be one of my concluding points, which is every pitch presentation that you ever give always needs a very concrete call to action. Right? Correct. And this is something that for people who are going to be uh, participating in the Brilliantly Branded podcast and giving any kind of presentation, always come prepared with a call to action, a message that you want to put across, something that your audience can really take away. Okay, so that will be my call to action to you is never, ever, ever forget to put a call to action, right? And thank you very much for inviting people to connect. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, obviously, we'll put all the links in the bios yes. and this and that and the other. Uh, so I'm Philip Grother, G-R-O-T-H-E-R. -E you can find me on LinkedIn. And you'll also find uh, on TikTok and various channels um, something called Test My Pitch. And so for those of you, if I may, for those of yes, you please. who are uh, building a uh, product, uh, a service, raising funds, you're building a startup, or you just want to practice your pitching skills, public speaking skills, uh, you can come and be part of the Test My Pitch event that happens once a month. Uh, now, I invite you, if that is something that you're interested in, I invite you to get in touch with me directly and uh, we'll get you set up. Essentially, it's an event that brings together uh, startups and investors. And the focus of the event is really uh, for you to be able to practice your pitch and make it as impactful as possible. So. It's my turn. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And uh, I'm very much hoping that this has brought uh, some value to the viewers and also future uh, interviewees. So how should the audience connect with you? Well, thank you very much for being here with me. I'm so happy and so glad when you really accept my proposal because one of the things in the Brilliantly Branded podcast, it was just be focuses in women, in women empowerment, but you have been part of that. So I need to make that public and I need to show how you have been empowering me in many ways. So I have to say thank you. And uh, the, the way that the people can connect with uh, me is on LinkedIn. Now I put uh, the video podcast is on Spotify, is in YouTube podcast and all the, the platforms that are managing uh, audio podcasts. So if you want to connect with me, just uh, send me a message on LinkedIn and I will be there. If you are a woman that wanted to uh, be part of that journey with me, uh, you are more than welcome to come and join me and uh, be part of the Brilliantly Branded Podcast. Can I maybe uh, put a message out to the men? Yes, please. Important. Men, <laughs> I'm addressing you directly. If you have a woman, she doesn't necessarily have to be your partner, but if you know a brilliant woman, it is your job to support her, to support them, as much as possible because together 
We hope you have been inspired by this content and join us for future episodes of the Brilliantly Branded Podcast. We will continue exploring the power of branding and the stories behind successful brands. And remember, if you know a woman who has built a successful brand with a unique approach and a story to share, please refer them to our podcast. We will love to learn from their experiences and share their story with our listeners. Stay tuned for more episodes of Brilliantly Branded and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, on our YouTube channel for more branding insights and women empowerment. Until the next episode, ciao, ciao.